complicated. Today, I bring you Aging in Bewilderment. After skipping through childhood and traipsing through young adulthood, I arrived on platform number nine and a half, the one where you board the train for a journey through middle age. By then, one is usually cosily ensconced, a tad smugly perhaps, in a bubble with a personal stamp of opinions, ideas, life's learning and worldview. Life was pretty much on track, or so I thought. What I didn't realize was that the train tooting on platform nine and a half was being driven by an agent of Loki, the Nordic god of mischief, who is responsible for my having learnt life's most important lesson. No, no, not whether there's a god or an afterlife. Something far more important, that there is never a dull moment in the life of a hypothyroidal menopausal woman. In fact, the journey through middle age is a more than exciting one, fraught with surprises, shocks, bewilderment, stupefaction and the like. It involves living constantly on the edge, edge of reason, edge of sanity, edge of logic, edge of belief. On some days, it's a tightrope walk as you teeter precariously, trying to maintain a semblance of balance. On others, you are like the masked robber, every atom of your body in a state of utmost attention and your heightened awareness sharp enough to slit a throat or two. As you inch your way across a narrow ledge outside the Louvre, hanging on with your fingernails, which are turning blue and on the verge of snapping in an attempt to steal the painting that hangs opposite the Mona Lisa. Why not the Mona Lisa, you ask? Well, the thought of a benign woman simpering sweetly just doesn't make the cut. What do you mean it's not important when talking about middle-aged women? It is. It is because I'm saying so. Told ya. Never a dull moment. On some days you surrender. No, no, not to God. No, no higher being. You surrender to your own body, which seems to be suddenly behaving like a spoilt kid who's running amok in an amusement park. Yes, that's what happens. While you are cruising along happily, trying to control everything in the world around you, your own body, that trusted ally of 45 plus years, goes into an epileptic fit of springing surprises on you. On the more bewildering days, you can almost hear it rolling on the floor, convulsing with laughter at your complete bafflement. One such day was the day I found out that I had hypothyroidism. Quite a mouthful. Don't try to say it if you have food in your mouth. I wondered what to do with this long word, apart from popping a pill early morning for the rest of my life, as the doctor advised me to do. So first, I broke up the big word into smaller chunks, as my grade one teacher had taught me, and called it the hippothyroid. Phew, that seemed more manageable as two of the three words I was already familiar with. 
Then I looked up the symptoms and wrote a note to the self about a glimpse of things to come and also to warn my close friends about what to expect when they met me next. Here's what I wrote. My thyroid is malfunctioning. My TSH is high. I'm a hippo in a tutu, flashing a hefty thigh. I will not lift a finger. I will not run or climb. I'm supposed to be low on energy and feel tired all the time. I have dry, pale skin and hair, and I'm a brittle nails wife. Just as well I'm supposed to have a decreased sex drive. If you find me curt and of all compassion devoid, don't blame me. Blame my thyroid. I'm well ensconced in middle age and way down the road from puberty, but I'm still justified in feeling major crankiness and irritability. Mild to severe depression I have and muscle pain and aches. Don't just sit there gawking. Humor me and press my arms and legs. It's not the chocolate bars I eat that's responsible for my weight gain. I need to eat it to fight my depression because I'm unable to lose weight. What a pain. Add to this extreme mood swings and the inability to concentrate. And I'm a rampaging bull in a china shop. What? You sympathize with my poor husband's fate? (laughs) You are free to share this with anyone who has hypothyroidism or with anyone who doesn't or even with a hippo in Thailand. A little later, my body sprang another surprise. Something which the gynecologist said was dysfunctional uterine bleeding. What's with these long names, I say? The whole bloody affair would have put Tarantino to shame. On my way to the hospital, I feared I would turn into a two-dimensional cartoon character and would have to be peeled off the car seat. Hmm. Turns out all I needed was a pill for a few days. Worse, when I agitatedly talked about it to a couple of my close friends, all my hopes of hearing ooh, ahs of wonder, amazement, even adoration at having gone through such an ordeal and come out unscathed were dashed to the ground as the so-called friends dismissed it all off by saying, yeah, yeah, we know it happens or it happened to me too. And it went on much longer. Dash it. I was stumped and didn't know whether to feel worse about their dismissing it or about them not forewarning me. People often turn inwards when the world treats their hopes like rocks on a high cliff to be picked up distractedly and flung off into the deep chasm below. I was no different even though I still maintained that my experience with the so-called dysfunctional uterine bleeding, if not an alien one, was certainly the worst ever experienced by any man or woman. So I turned inwards and decided to write an ode to my corpus luteum. No, no, he's not my long-forgotten love. The corpus luteum is a dynamic endocrine gland within a woman's ovaries that plays a vital role in regulation of the menstrual cycle. 
It secretes estrogen and progesterone, which in turn stimulates the uterus wall to thicken in preparation for the implantation of a fertilized egg. If the egg is not fertilized, the corpus luteum becomes inactive after 10 to 14 days and menstrual bleeding occurs. Well, now that you've got the science part of it, let me share what I wrote about it in An Ode to My Corpus Luteum. Your praises should be sung. You are fit to be in a museum. You're a smooth and silent operator. My darling corpus luteum. You are the yellow outside my egg. The guy who made me preg. One who knows me inside out and throws his weight about. From menstruation to fertilization, your life is one of noblest sacrificial intention. As my egg embarks on its journey, you're all orange contemplation, shedding copious progesterone tears of sorrowful separation. Then carpeting the uterine nursery in preparation and waiting like an eager granny in anticipation, you wait around in vain as days pass into weeks there are encounters aplenty, but chances of fertilization seem bleak. Then one fine day, you dim the progesterone lights and take down the decorations. Roll up the plush carpeting, for now is your moment of self-destruction. But the cycle of life goes on and each destruction is followed by creation. So phoenix-like, you rise again, month after month, to go about your business with quiet dedication. Whimsy and poesy are good lieutenants to have while paddling your way through middle age, as they bewilder the bewilderment associated with middle age. And I'm not letting go. I am tightly holding on to both as I wait to board the train to the next phase in life. Who knows what lies there?